0: Good evening, it's Tuesday the 20th of February and a warm evening has um, caused me to feel a little bit flat and exhausted but I wanted to hop on here and say hello and tell you that I've started a new TV show which was recommended to me by someone at work and it's It's called Unreal, and it's about people making a reality TV show like The Bachelor or kind of like, well, mostly like The Bachelor, but, um, and it's really, the first episode's excellent and there's lots to think about. It's it's really, it's really well done. Constance Zimmer, who I know from Entourage, she's fantastic in Entourage. It's hard not to think the next word she's going to say is (laughs) R-E. is really great and I don't know the girl who's the main girl Rachel but she's excellent and Craig Bierko I recognize he was in the long kiss good night and I really like the redheaded girl who they've got playing one of the contestants she's really lovely too um yeah very sharp snappy script horrible people a horrible situation nobody nobody particularly likable but um I oh, accept the the nice girl but yeah it's sort of a character, um, very adult themes, kind of, um, oh, I suppose the reality of reality shows really. It's, a bit, it's very grim, and it, it's very, um, it has a lot to say about the effect of these kind of intrusive, you know, sort of morally bankrupt programs on our souls, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really good. I'm still... I'm enjoying the shit out of Queer Eye. It's great. I've watched four four episodes now. And it's really lovely. Um, having lots of feels and just loving the boys, the, the great cast. And I love their guests. Their makeover subjects are really lovely as well. Um, I did start reading a book, actually. I don't know where I picked it up. But I've got a copy of Nora Ephron' a novel, Heartburn. And it looks like it was made into a movie at some point, probably in the eighties, with quite a young Jack Nicholson and Meryl Streep. Might have been in the late seventies, might probably early eighties actually. I'd say. But I remember as I was growing up, like Nora and Delia Ephron were were famous romantic comedy writers. They were really, they were really sort of the best of the best. I suppose the same sort of. Who wrote When Harry Met Sally? I thought should know that. Like it's it's sort of very snappy and New Yorky and. Jewish you know she's like this Jewish cookbook writer and um yeah I am I mean I just felt like picking up a book and and um, that was that's been good I haven't really got a whole lot to say partly because um yeah it just it's a bit warm and getting home in the traffic you know in the sun sort of shining in your eyes and oh. um so I probably won't Make this very long. Oh, I should mention though that my friend got tickets for us to go and see the clouds and the falling joys, and then they cancelled the tour or they but they rescheduled the tour because somebody was sick. I can't remember who. And then in the end, my friend couldn't go, but I went. I went to the the replacement, the rescheduled show last week at the Croxton Band Room, which is an excellent mid-sized venue. It was really, really great place to go see a band. And um, they had a really, really nice beer on tap. I I am feb fasting, but I got a pass out for that night so that I could have a beer and watch the clouds. And um, I had a bit of this goose goose brewery or something, and it's the most wonderful tap, beer tap, like it's this goose head. It's really funny. But they do a pale ale that's really lovely, very passion fruity. It made me think if they called it a Pacific ale, it might be a better name for it because it's very sort of you know passion fruity it reminds me so much of the things of stone stone and wood not things of stone and wood, just stone and wood the stone and wood pacific ale that they do the mornington pale i suppose the mornington pale is a bit passion fruity as well isn't it yeah it's obviously an aspect of pale that can be brought out it's an excellent beer at any rate um had thai food at som tam in Uh, Thornbury beforehand and that was really good as well, although I think got a bit ambitious and ordered a dish that was probably too hot (laughs) Too hot, but the Tom Yum was fantastic and I'd like to go back and have you know eat there again Maybe maybe get something a bit more pedestrian in terms of its spice content Uh, Like you know the waitress even kind of warned me and my friend um, oh You know, it's really hot and (laughs) I just couldn't eat it But it was it was good it's good to go out and do something like that and get a bit, get a bit excited to see a band who, you know, I suppose the clouds really. I sort of take it for granted that the clouds are awesome, and they were amazing. They were so good. They were so tight and so professional. And the falling joys were good, but I don't think they had such a good mix. And maybe, you know, although it was fantastic to hear, there was three songs. I can only name, name one. You know, from its title, but when this the boy sang the song, the man singer in the band, he sang a song, I went, "Oh, I, I know this, I know this one too." And it was just like it was sort of like being transported back in time, twenty years, and going, "Yeah, this music was excellent, and you loved it, and it it loved you, and here you are. And there's so many older people in the crowd. there's a few people I thought I recognized from my my youth. Are still around still milling about the music scene and you think oh yeah I guess maybe none of us change we all love it doubt they recognize me though and oh heavens I think I'm probably a bit too tired to to do this um oh but I did want to talk about the um, the response to another massacre because um, the first first episode of this that I did, a year year or so ago what I did just after the Florida shooting, the Pulse nightclub Orlando, Florida shooting and this new one this is a school shooting, not a nightclub shooting but the the activism of the surviving classmates and this sort of hope that, that the tide can turn on the stranglehold that the NRA has on conservative politicians and preventing real change for, for gun ownership laws in, in United States. And there was an excellent John Oliver piece that was on the late show with John Stewart. Um, with, it was actually an interview with John Howard. There's a lot of Johns there, um, about the, uh, the gun laws that were brought in after Port Arthur. And I've recently been to Port Arthur. So I guess it's all kind of, it feels like it's all kind of coagulating. And, um, I'm really impressed with those young people for articulating their anger that they're having to experience grief in that situation. And, you know, one of the comments that came up on something that I was reading was, We're not talking about security in schools. And it just struck me as, Why on earth would we need to talk about security in schools? Why should schools be at risk? you know a school is not a place where you want people to be unsafe but the solution isn't arming teachers or you know having it, i mean uh, yeah i don't know this is not going to be a fully formed thought but it's like you've they've just grabbed the wrong end of the stick I mean, it it almost seems like what they'd be happiest with is, is if the, the army was taking school now and, you know, they, would, they could protect the children. <laughs> they wouldn't teach them very well. And there was a fantastic Facebook post by a teacher saying about how they were going to do active shooter drills the following week and his ex- sort of, his, a lovely piece of writing actually, and um sort of talking about how some of the kids will giggle because they're kids really and and some of the kids will freak out and how this tough guy just broke down when one of the janitors jiggled the lock during a drill, you know, and one of the PE teachers freaked out as well. And it's like, yeah, it's, I guess, yeah. I mean, oh God, I'm, I'm not trying to answer anything here. It's, I'm not. I The Jonathan Pye reaction was, was also excellent articulated i mean what can you say other than that these responses are excellently articulated and passionately delivered and truly moving and i think that the most significant thing is that they tap into a hope that has not been eradicated yet we have not been beaten into submission with fear, we still hope for a peaceful existence where we don't have to hate ourselves and our politicians and we don't have to witness innocent people being killed because powerful people want to protect their rights to be powerful and make money or whatever it is, you know, whatever hellish reason they have for allowing this situation to continue i it is indefensible and that's where i suppose you just have to go back and rely on the rule of law you have to believe that the laws are there to protect us and the laws are there to keep and they have to apply to everybody and they have to apply to everybody equally and then that but that's tricky because you know you've got the massive disparity in, in who's able to get legal counsel and who's able to get fair trials and who's able to, and then you get got people running prisons for profit and, you know, they actually want to have prisons full of people because it's a profitable business running a prison. and that's shameful? It's like, you know, not on the same scale, obviously, but it's, it's, it's shameful having quotas on parking tickets. Like, That's not how it should be working. You know, an infringement isn't meant to be something that you count on for revenue. It's meant to be a deterrent from from the behaviour, not isn't it? I mean am I just naive? I don't know. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not naive. They're vindictive. They're cruel. They're greedy. If I'm naive then I'm correctly naive. And it's okay to hope and to and to believe that change can happen. But change is often at the hands of violent revolution, isn't it? So God I dunno. Well peaceful protests have having having I mean the the most effective activism has been shown to be non violent protest. And you know, you think of Gandhi or you know hu- people hunger striking or whatever and the students lying in front of the white house was it the white house without were, were the nra i know that they were, they were definitely speaking in front of an nra meeting yeah yeah and uh I ha- I'm following a couple of local elections with great interest. The The Batman by-election in um, Victoria is really interesting because of Jed Kearney running for the Labor seat. and Jed Kearney's is an amazing spokesperson for unions and um, I really have admired a lot of her public statements and um, Labor's running against a very strong sort of groundswell of support for the Greens. The Liberals haven't got a prayer of winning that seat, I don't think. Um, But Labor are being pushed to make their position on the Adani coal mine, which is publicly and vehemently opposed by a a vast majority of everyone who isn't a Queenslander who might get a job out of it. Um, And uh, there's sort of Labor... uh, CFMEU came out and said that they didn't want Labor to oppose the mine and CFMEU is a very powerful union, has a very very strong resonance with the Labor, sort of, you know, traditional Labor stronghold voting base. But, you know, if we don't have a planet or we don't have a healthy planet, I don't think that working class people are going to come off well. And I think that the union movement really needs to look very seriously at supporting ecologically viable economies because the asset classes that the, the conservative right represent, they're never going to sympathise. They're just going to pick up sticks and move to New Zealand or jettison themselves into space or whatever. They're, they're all going to live on a private island and we will just end up descending into chaos out here in the 99%, you know. What what really fascinates me is how how powerful people with deep, deep pockets and evil minds control the media to such a degree that they can convince working class people to vote against their interests. I think that's sickeningly fascinating but in the meantime we still have hope i still have hope it's not over yet and on that thought i'll leave you i'll say take care of yourself as i really mean that take care of yourself Take care and don't feel bad about taking care of yourself. Take care of yourself like you love yourself because that's, you know, actions, actions, love, love in action. That's what you want. That's what you want to do. That's what you need to do. And if action means inactivity, then that's how you love. You show yourself that you love yourself. If, if, If action means taking yourself to that film you want to see, even if, the person that you normally go see films with it doesn't want to go fuck just go if you want to drive halfway across the country and take a weekend off or whatever do whatever it takes take care of yourself and I will see you next Tuesday